All right, welcome to Rekindling Ministries podcast series. This is season one, episode 1.02. This is the spiritual lens series that we call See the Unseen, and today we'll be talking about the sweet and sour lens. Uh, If you would like to know more information about what Rekindling Ministries is all about, you can hear about us in episode 1.00. If you want to back up one episode to episode 1.01, we actually explain the the introduction to the lenses and the first lens, which is the seven-stage journey. My name is Shannon Kirkpatrick, and I am the key facilitator and director for the Rekindling Ministries teaching. And my name is Zach Rios, and I am a student at Liberty University studying pastoral leadership as a minor and youth ministry as my major. Perfect. Zach, why don't you go ahead and give us a quick recap of the last episode with the introduction and the seven stage journey? Sure. So we've been talking about, as you just mentioned, the different lenses and basically what those are, if you haven't gotten a chance to see episode 1.01 yet, they're basically just biblically based paradigms, perspectives, and analogies And they're really designed to help you see circumstances more clearly, and so you can have some better decision-making. They aren't designed, there's about 10 of them right now, and they're not designed for you to necessarily be using all of them all at once, because that would get pretty overwhelming, but just to be able to have it like a tool belt that you can pull out the different things as you need them. And then last week, we talked about really just the main overarching lens that Rekindling has called the seven-stage journey. And we went through the seven stages of where people are just really at in the world today. First, we have the atheists that don't really believe that there is a God. Secondly, agnostics or apathists, people that aren't sure if there is a God or they just don't care. Also, seekers, which they they get that there's some sort of spirituality in some capacity, but don't really understand what that is, and they're just trying to figure out more. Mm-hmm. And then also just believers, which are people that do, like, they see the ocean and they completely believe that there is, there is some sort of God, and then right. they're starting to pick which religion that they're going to be a part of. Disciples, which are people that are um christians that have gotten in the boat with jesus and are trying to decide what what they're going to do with that and there's some different stages that we laid out of what you can be as a disciple then also just the ambassadors is the next stage which is you really finding your niche in life Mm -hmm. and figuring out how god's wired you and what you're supposed to be doing and then co-heir which happens when we get to heaven and as I just said, it's really the overarching lens. And much right. of what Rekindling does is, is focused on that fifth stage, the disciple, and just figuring out how can we be a more effective one. Right. So if, you're, if this is the first episode that you're listening to, you may want to dive back into that first one because everything else that I teach, all the other lenses fit under that umbrella, yeah. as you said, with the yeah. seven-stage journey, uh, specifically getting the Christians out of the boat, into the water, yep. really maturing in their faith. So the lens that I want to do today is called sweet and sour. And this one can be a very practical one, like in the moment when you're faced with a decision or, or there's some task that you have to take, Yeah. Uh, where the seven stage journey is more of like a philosophical you know, approach. Overview. Yeah. So with the, the sweet and sour, the, the way this came about, so several years ago, I was a youth pastor for a Chinese church mm-hmm. up in Northern Virginia. And um, I learned very quickly the difference between American Chinese food and Chinese Chinese food, because yeah. we, we had dinner every week together. Mm-hmm. Did not know there was a difference. Found out, right? <laughs> um, and was a little bit taken aback. And at first, I'm like, oh, I don't know what this is. Eventually, I totally prefer the Chinese Chinese food oh, to the sure. American Chinese yeah. food now. But one of the commonalities was they both had the sweet and sour dishes. Mm-hmm. And so that sweet and sour ended up becoming a concept that I used with the the students there. And so I realized that it was very practical and we've just added it to the rekindling lenses. So the idea is um, 
there's a couple analogies that I can do with this, but let me, I guess, go ahead and give the definitions first. Okay. With the definitions, we're talking sweet and sour. What we're doing is we're moving beyond a pro and con mentality. Yeah. And one of the things that I believe when it comes to Christian living, when it comes to doing what God called you to do, yeah. there is no cons. Hmm. But having said that, we want to kind of break up the pros into two categories, yeah. the sweet and the sour. And so specifically, a sweet is a good thing. And by that, I mean beneficial to mm-hmm. your well-being or another's well-being. A sweet is something good that's also pleasing. Okay. So it's beneficial to you, and you're going to enjoy it. Yeah. Where a sour is also something that's good. It's beneficial. Mm-hmm. It is going to make you wince. Gotcha. Uh, cringe a little bit. It's going to be not quite as pleasing, but it's still good. So we move from looking at pros and cons to Christian living because there are no cons. Yeah. We realize it's all pros, but having said that, there's sweet pros or sweet benefits. Mm-hmm. There's also sour pros or sour benefits. Yeah. Um, and so with that, to give you some examples, with Christian living, Christianity is sweet and sour. So there are sweet elements to Christianity. What are some of these sweet elements? What are some of these things that are good and beneficial and also very pleasing? Uh, one, you have the creator of the universe who loves you. Yeah. He's crazy about you, right? He's pursuing you. Uh, another one, all the sin that you ever do is forgiven. It's erased. You don't have to give an account for it yeah. anymore because Christ gave an account on the cross for it. Uh, another sweet, when you die, you're getting promoted. You get 2.0. You get to go home to this paradise, this eternity, forever. Um, Another suite, you have strength and wisdom and comfort at your fingertips. That that if you pursue God, he'll provide these things. These are all examples of the sweets of Christianity. Mm -hmm. There's also sours. And again, these are not cons. They're not bad things. They're not detrimental. They're still beneficial. They're still good. It's just they're a bit displeasing and make you wince. Uh, You're no longer the boss of your life. Mm -hmm. And that was a big part of me and my testimony when I came back to the Lord. was recognizing that I I can't be boss of my life. You know, God needs to be the boss. And uh, and so it's hard to let go of that because we like to be in control. Uh, Another sour, turn the other cheek. You know, and patience and endurance and perseverance. Yeah. You're going to have to let people take advantage of you at times. Uh, there's a greater good going on with that. And that's another topic we can do, you know, another episode. Yeah. Um, another sour, you know, you're going to have to put the needs of others before your own. And so others' needs are going to be met before yours are. These are all good things. They're beneficial to you to actually do them. It's just if we're being honest, it can make us wince. Um, so that's that's Christianity. Yeah, and I think along those lines, it's important to notice that a lot of different times when we're presenting Christianity to others, we tend to ignore the sour part and just present it as something sweet. And right. so we just say that, hey, this is Christianity. It's like chocolate cake. <laughs> right. If we were to just go up and blind, now, now we say it's it's uh, chocolate cake, but let's let's take a look at that. If I were to blindfold you. Mm-hmm and slide you a piece of chocolate cake and say, hey, this is this is chocolate cake. You'd be pretty excited about that when you start tasting it. Yeah, right, yeah. But what if Especially I were to... if it was German chocolate cake. Oh, that's the good stuff. Yeah. But what if I were to take some sweet and sour pork and tell you it's chocolate cake and then give that to you? What what would what sorts of things would would you be thinking? Oh, I, I don't think I would like it very much. It would surprise me. It's yeah. like drinking Kool Aid that your mom forgot to put the sugar in. Yeah, just it's not necessarily a bad thing. You just want it to be recognizing like you would be expecting just sweetness. Yeah, because I'm expecting all the sugar. Yeah, 
And so I think that with Christianity, a lot of times we say, no, it's just sweet. It's just awesome. Oh, I love Jesus. It's great. (laughs) But it's important to actually recognize that, yeah, there's parts of Christianity that aren't really that fun necessarily, but they are accomplishing something better. And would you say like with the blindfold analogy, if you had blindfolded me and put the sweet and sour pork in front of me and told me that it was sweet and sour pork, then I would actually probably enjoy it because that's what I was expecting. It would definitely change your perception of what you're Right, expectations and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great it's a great little analogy. So that's the thing. What does the sweet and sour lens do? It helps you see it more accurately, mm-hmm. which just makes you better prepared. Yeah. And so with, with Christianity, um, we talked about the water walking last week and the maturing in your faith or even yep. the wind walking and find your calling. Those are also sweet and sour pursuits. Yeah. So the what are the sweets to water walking and, and maturing in your faith? You're going to get stronger. You're going to get more resilient. God is more pleased. It's a sweet for him. Yeah. Other people are more pleased because you're going to be taking care of them better, for, so it's a sweet for them. Mm-hmm. But there's also sours to the water walking because you're going to have to do the patience. Yeah. It's time consuming. It requires effort and energy. You know, there's there's a cost to it. It's kind yeah. of an uphill battle at yeah. times. Uh, and then same for the wind walking. When you find your purpose or your, your niche in life and, and you're filling that, the sweets, you you have your identity, right? You have your identity in God, but also in what, what kind of agent he's made you to be in this yeah. world. Uh, and so you have that identity. You feel like you're accomplishing things. You feel like you have significance and purpose. Um, you actually enjoy, you know, we, you, you will always, people who are afraid, I don't want to know what God's calling is for me because I might not like it. You have to understand yeah. whatever your calling is, you're going to love it because that's what he wired you for. Yeah. You may not like the cost that he's, he's asking you to pay to do it's that. It's a good, good thing to keep Yeah, but, but you'll like the calling. And so so the calling itself, you know, I, I get to be a, a modern-day Gandalf, right? It's a huge <laughs> sweet for me. Yeah. Um, but there's also sours to pursuing your calling because you're going to have to make sacrifices and give up other areas of your life, you know? Yeah. So when you recognize joining the boat, getting on the water, getting up in the air, you know, um, confessing Christ, you know, committing to him, going deeper in that maturity and transformation and sanctification and finding your specific niche, there's sweets to all of those things. Yeah. But there's also sours to all of those things, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Can you think of some other examples, maybe not necessarily spiritual or biblical, just like life examples where we can see this sweet and sour mentality. Yeah, I think one example that uh, people might be thinking of is going to the gym. Um, That's a good one. Th- yeah, there's definitely some sweets to that as you start looking at it and you can get, you can become all muscular, muscular and lose weight and all of that, just wonderful things. But a sour, I'm reminded of a quote that I heard somewhere, if it was easy, then everyone would do it. Yeah, And so yeah. just when you're going and working out, you have to actually, I mean, it, it's working out. You actually have to be doing things uh, that can be quite painful at times. And then also I'm a college student. And so there is a lot of different aspects of college life that are sweet and sour. Mm-hmm. And one would just be studying in general. Um, s- some of the sours of that, it takes a lot of time. It's just tedious a lot of different at a lot of different points and you could be doing a lot of different other things you could be hanging out with your friends or going and seeing a movie or just i mean a lot of different things you could be doing but on the sweet side it helps you be better prepared for tests and i think much deeper than that it actually helps you learn the material right more knowledge Yeah. yeah and so then it's not just you're cramming and then forgetting everything because that's actually what happens when you cram but you actually are learning the things that you're supposed to be learning Mm -hmm. 
And then I also think that it's uh, we say we said at the beginning that we have biblically based paradigms, right? And so I think that it would be helpful to just examine what some of those are. I see some of the scripture that would imply, at the very least, sweet and sour. Yeah, and so one of these scriptures is Luke fourteen twenty eight, which says, "For which of you wanting to build a tower doesn't first sit down and calculate the cost to see if he has enough to complete it?" And that verse, you could say that it's more of a pro and con type verse trying to see it count the cost if you can actually afford the tower but i think mm-hmm. that it still does fit the mm-hmm. paradigm I agree, I agree of sweet and sour just adding incorporating the idea that god's plans don't have cons and so then we can actually move on past that to sweet and sours of that and then also uh, yeah because let me say real quick yeah that pro and con pro being a good thing con being a bad thing mm-hmm and so when we talk, what, what does bad mean? It's like detrimental to well-being or something like that. Yeah. So when we say that God's plans, there's never cons to them. There's never anything evil. There's never anything bad or yeah. wicked or detrimental to well-being. It's only going to be good and beneficial to well-being, but there could be the sour. So I agree that that passage, the cost, that the pay yeah. is not really a con. It's not mm-hmm. this bad, detrimental, evil thing. Yeah. It's a good thing to pay. It's just the sour. It's going to make you wince. Sure. Yeah. And then I think another example that we see in the book of James uh, comes right at the beginning. James 1, I'm going to read 2 and 3. Consider it a great joy, my brothers, whenever you experience various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. But endurance must do its complete work so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. And so right there, it tells us that we're going to have trials. And trials, there's definitely some sour spots to trials, but we can persevere through that knowing that the testing of your fruit of your faith produces endurance and so that can give us the motivation that we need to keep moving forward what would you say if, if someone's listening and like wait a minute so you're saying that trials this is big right there's a whole can of worms maybe sure. but trials are not a con they're a sour pro yeah you would believe that i think in most cases it would be sure yeah, because there are some cases, and I think with like sin, that sin is a con, and so. But a trial is not necessarily yes, a sin. Yeah, and so that's where I would say that trials aren't a, a con, um, because they don't fall into that category. But when just something happens in your life that focuses you, I think what trials can accomplish is it allows you to refocus on God. Mm-hmm. And so, and James goes on to talk about some of the other benefits of trials right. that it just really is when you do the cost benefit analysis it really just does end up being more positive. Yeah. So so that's the the sweet and sour concept at its core. You know, last week it took us a long time to kind of unpack the seven stage journey because there's all those pieces to it. Yeah. This is a little bit more simple. We kind of just get in the sweet and sour concept. You're moving from the pro and con. We're talking about Christian living. Yeah. Um to a sweet pro and a sour pro, right? Mm-hmm. Um so that's, it is what it is. So practically speaking, though, again, I want everything practical, not just theory and principle. Yeah, yeah. What does it look like for someone to apply the sweet and sour lens in their life, and what effect might that have? Mm-hmm. So the way this would go is um, imagine you are at a crossroads and you're getting ready to make some decision or you're getting ready to start some task or there's something that God's calling you to do. Yeah. And I think it's brilliant and helpful to remind yourself, you know what? I want to use these lenses because the lenses will help me see things more clearly so I can make better decisions. Mm-hmm. And one of the ones that I really liked when I listened to that was the, the sweet and sour. Yeah. So what would that mean? So that means that if God's calling me to do something, there's probably going to be a sweet or more, one or more, yeah. sa- some sweets to it and some sours to it. 
So, so then I would begin to identify them. Mm-hmm. Um, so what are, and maybe I'd start with the sours, kind of a, you know, if lost or lost, but found blind, but see, right. Yeah. So sours, but sweet maybe. Um, all right. So let's say like, let's say God's calling me to forgive somebody. Okay. All right. Let me think through the sours of this. What are the good things, the beneficial things for, for me or for others that come from this that I'm going to wince at? Mm-hmm. Oh, well. First, just forgiving them. <laughs> you know, yeah. forgiveness itself is it can be a sour. Yeah. Because I'm going to have to release them from any obligation of penalty or penance. Yeah. And I need, I need to release myself of any anger or resentment toward them. <laughs> yeah. And if I'm being honest, I kind of like feeling angry sometimes, you mm-hmm. know. So it is going to be a sour for me. I realize it's good. Yeah. But it's going to be sour for me that I can't have anger towards this individual. And I really do have to release them from any penance or penalty. Or mm-hmm. that'll, be, that'll be a sour. Um, mm, and I know possibly that they may do it again. Yeah. And so that bad may happen to me again. Um, so that's going to be some sours. What's going to be a sweet? Well, I have to be honest. Those times that I have truly, because there's times when I'd say I forgive somebody sure, I haven't, sure. right? But those times that I truly have forgiven somebody, I feel freedom. That's true. Like I'm released. Yeah. It's like, all right, God, that's on you now, you know, um, and not a blowing off, not an apathy, yeah. not a condonement, mm-hmm. right? Forgiveness is none of those things. But if I truly forgive, which is acknowledging that what they did was wrong, yep. but then releasing them from any penalty and not having any anger or resentment towards the wrongdoing, yeah. really difficult. But I find freedom in that. Yeah. Um, same also, it kind of flips out of that. If I'm being forgiven, mm-hmm. there's some freedom that comes. So what I realize is to forgive somebody there's going to be sour elements. These are good things, but it's going to be tough. Yeah. And there's going to be sweet elements. Um, and so another example of doing this. So I'm at a crossroads. I have to make some decision that God's calling me to do. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe maybe God's calling me overseas um, to missions for like two years. Yeah. Um, through prayer and other things, I've been convicted of that. All right. What are the sours to me going overseas? There's no cons. Mm-hmm. Because God, nothing God does has a con to it. So there's no yeah. cons. It's, this is if God's calling me. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, there's no cons to it. There are some sours. I got to leave my family and friends. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to leave my Avani subs and Jimmy John subs <laughs> and, and steak and shake. Yep. Um, I, I got to leave my Netflix or my PS4, mm-hmm. my WWE wrestling, Walking Dead, whatever. Yep. I got to leave all these things. Um, air conditioned, probably. Mm-hmm. These aren't bad for me to leave them they're sour so I'm just being honest with that I'm going to have a tough time when I get over there culturally because I like to be in control yeah. and when I'm overseas somewhere and I don't know the language as well and the culture is different it's I'm not going to be work. in control yeah and so that's all going to be sour Ooh, yeah that's sour um, but what are some of the sweets uh, man well one is I know that I'm obeying God hmm. and I know that I'm, I'm trusting in him in, in obedience yeah. and I know that pleases him and I know that, like, I look at Jesus marveling at the Roman centurion's faith, you know, marveling, mm-hmm. just just ama- pleasantly amazed. Yeah. So I know that if I go overseas for a year or two or whatever because God's calling me, I'm going to make him grin from ear to ear. Ah, okay, that's a sweet, right? That's pleasing. Yeah. I know that I'm going to be able to meet individuals over there who've never heard the gospel. They've never heard that Jesus is the most amazing thing to ever happen. They've never heard that you can find joy and peace and eternal life and strength with this guy. And I'm going to get to watch their faces light up as I share that to them. Oh, that's a sweet, Mm -hmm. right? So you go through all that process and you say, all right, so those are the sweets, those are the sours. Keep in mind here, we're not weighing pros and cons, right? Pros and cons is 
what are the reasons to go? What are the reasons not to go? But the whole point of that is to decide whether to go or not. Mm-hmm. So sweet and sour takes a different approach. Is I've already I, I need to make the decision to go. Yeah. I just want to have an informed uh, decision. Mm-hmm. So what are the sweets and sours? So I know what I'm getting myself into. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 So <clears throat> excuse me. So practically speaking, uh, that's that's how that's going to work in in application. And you could give you know other examples of that. Um, but one of my I guess my goal of this uh, is. You're going to have a more accurate, informed understanding of what you're about to partake in. And now you're better prepared to handle it. So it goes back to the chocolate cake that I realize as God calls me to something, could be something grandiose and big and long term, could be something smaller or short term. But I'm realizing I am getting ready to bite into a delicious, sweet and sour pork dish. I'm not biting into chocolate cake. And now that's just going to prepare me for what I'm about to get into. Yeah, and I think that that's just a really good perspective to, as you're just going through, trying to think, just having the perspective of God doesn't have cons, and just sitting on that for a while. And then once you recognize that, going through and just saying, okay, so what what are the sweet and sours of this? Because that perspective change, I think, can just be really helpful for people. Mm-hmm. And so now what we are going to do is we're going to just transition into some time of question and answer. And so we will get started on that now. Great. Okay. So to start off, our first question is this. What is the overall goal of the Sweet and Sour Lens? The overall goal, like what is it going to accomplish? Yeah, just yeah. kind of what we were saying recently that we're trying to change your perspective to, to, to have a more accurate understanding of God's economy. Okay. Can I, are you okay if I make up a word with words? Sure. Okay. So I have a word I'm working on. It's really an acronym. Okay. Uh, P-U-A-B means puab, right? I don't mm-hmm. know what that is, but. Sure. Anyways, if you change your perspective, yeah. usually it's going to increase your understanding. The okay. idea being you're looking at something from one direction, you're collecting data on it, and yeah. then you shift around and you collect data from a different perspective and you have more information. Yeah. So, so you have more understanding. As you increase your understanding, typically it improves your mood. Mm-hmm. So you're upset with somebody and you figure out why. Oh, okay, yeah, now you know, now I get it. And so once you have more understanding and more knowledge, it typically improves the attitude. And an improved attitude is critical for a change in behavior. You can change behavior short term just through sheer willpower. Yeah. But long term, you know, January you join the gym, February you're done. Mm-hmm. Um, usually <laughs> long term, it's it's that improved proper attitude that is going to lead to that change in behavior. Yeah. So with the sweet and sour, really any of these lenses, you're you're changing your understanding, your perspective on what God's doing. He's not doing cons. Yeah. He's, but he is doing sours, and that should increase the understanding, which will improve the attitude, which will then affect your behavior, and you're more likely to go away. Yeah, and along those lines, when you're saying that God doesn't have cons, mm-hmm. what what does that do for the mind of someone that's trying to follow Christ when they stop seeing the things that God wants them to do? They stop seeing them as cons and start seeing them as sour things what sorts of things can that do i'll put that back on you okay yeah i know it's something that you're kind of passionate about what what do you think it would do yeah i think that something that it really does just right off the bat is it gives you the type of perspective that allows you to be able to do the thing much more willingly Mm -hmm. um it gives you the ability to instead of saying oh man, I have to do, mm-hmm. God wants me to do this, but there's all of these things that are cons and just bad. Uh, why? I, I don't want to. I just don't want to do this. And 
takes you from that perspective to one where you're saying, okay, God has this thing that he wants me to do. Now what? Okay, well, so these guys on a podcast said that God doesn't have any cons in his plan. Uh, what does that actually look like practically? Mm-hmm. So that just means that these are actually beneficial things. It's just going to make me wince. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm. Oh, okay. So as you start going through that type of perspective, I think that you can really see the value pretty quickly that instead of saying, oh, God's making me do these awful things, it's God's allowing you to have the sweets, mm-hmm. but the cost of the sweets are the sour. Which are still good. Yeah. This is psychology here. I mean, yeah. honestly, who consciously pursues a con? <laughs> yeah, that's true. You know? So I think a lot of just psycho- psychologically speaking, why do Christians not obey? Yeah. Because they may think some of the parts are cons and just subconsciously that who wants to do a con? Yeah. So this will help shift. Ah, it's not a con. It's a sour. You know, yeah. Yeah. And I just think that that's really helpful for me personally and just other people as well, hopefully. Yeah. And so to clarify, are you saying that there are no cons in life? Ah, good question. Uh, No, there are definitely cons in life. For example, stepping out into oncoming traffic. (laughs) Yeah. There's mm-hmm. there's a con to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, really getting your hopes up that there's going to be a season two to Firefly. There's a con to that because unfortunately it's not going to happen, I don't think. Yeah. <laughs> right? Or uh, I'm from Michigan. Some of my friends back home want the Michigan uh, want the Lions to go to the Super Bowl. And, <laughs> I mean, I'm not so sure about that. <laughs> yeah. So there are, there are and, and, and them going is not a con. Yeah, yes. Um, want to clarify holding that. Your breath, yeah, <laughs> holding your breath, that might be a con. Yes. So, yeah, so there's there's clearly cons in life, you know, uh, throwing yourself into in a fire. There's, there's going to be a con to that. You're going to burn. And sin. Hmm. So... When it comes to obeying God, mm-hmm. there's no cons to his plans. There's okay. no cons to his, his will. But if you disobey God and you sin, absolutely there can be cons. That's that where the cons that. are coming in. Yeah. Gotcha. And so when you're trying to obey God, what, what will we notice first? Will you, do you think in your experience you notice the sweet parts first or mm. the sour parts first? Hmm. Yeah. In general, when you're trying to obey God, the sours are going to come first. Hmm. And the sweets tend to come later. So it's recognizing that, all right, I got to push through the sour elements and then the sweet elements come on the back end. Yeah. Inversely with that, when you're sinning, mm. it's the please the, the pleasing element. Yeah. There's no uh, sweets and sours to sin because that sweets and sours is good. There's no good to sin. Yeah. But there is pleasing elements to sin, which is why we sin, right? Sure. So when, when, you're, when you're obeying God, typically the sour comes first, the sweet comes later. When you're disobeying God and you're doing some kind of sin, the yeah. pleasing element comes first. That con comes later. So, so just think about that for a second. Um, if in general, the general rule is if I'm obeying God, it's going to be sour up front, sweet on the back end. Mm-hmm. And if I'm sinning, it's going to be pleasing up front, con on the back end. Yeah. That really explains why we are more likely to sin than we are to obey. So just having this discussion and thinking through this can help us rethink it. Yeah, and it's really just, would you say it's just the difference between instant gratification and delayed gratification? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, investment, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, upfront, short-term, immediate versus long-term. Yeah. So can we combine this lens with the other lenses? Definitely. So again, we said we were applying the sweet and sour to the seven-stage journey already. Yeah, yeah. So the sweet and sours of joining the boat, confessing Christ, and walking on the water, and, and all that. Um, 
that was probably the main reason why I wanted to do the sweet and sour lens second here in the second episode okay. is so that from this point on, when we do the other lenses, when we do mm-hmm. B do have and EIE and, yeah. and spectrum and all those, we'll explain it. We'll talk about the application of it. And then at the end, we'll evaluate it. We'll say, all right, what are the sweets and sours to this? So for example, with the, the EIE, which again, we'll, we'll explain it in another episode. Which is Eternal, internal, external. Eternal, internal, external. A bit of a tongue twister. <laughs> um, what are the sours to that mm-hmm. of applying that? And then what are the sweets to that? So, yeah, yeah. So we'll see the sweet and sour lens show up a bunch. Okay. And then you also mentioned a couple possible rabbit trails that we decided not to chase in <laughs> the podcast. Uh, just quick side note. I think this is hilarious. I had a professor for one of my church ministry classes, Dr. Gagusian, and he said, it's okay to chase the rabbit as long as you shoot the bunny. <laughs> I just think that's hilarious. Um, but just along those lines of rabbit trails, are we going to ever have a time where we can chase those, or what's that going to look like? Yes. The plan right now is February 22nd, 2082. Okay. Perfect. Yeah, so you're going to have to wait a little while. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, we, so we're, no, yeah. <laughs> rabbit trail. <on> that, right? <laughs> right there. Um so this season, we're doing the lenses. We'll probably have 10 episodes or okay. so. We're going to be doing other seasons. And so yeah. one of the other seasons that we're going to do is the unpacking season, which is another thing that Rekindling does. Okay. And so we'll be unpacking a plethora of concepts. Yeah. And so a lot of those concepts would be these rabbit trails like, oh, what about that? We'll <laughs> just explore that okay. in that season. And just to clarify, that's not actually in 2082. That right. should be no, coming that, out sooner than that. Yeah, yeah. Exa- yeah, way sooner than that. <laughs> Perfect. Next, yeah, next year or so. And then... What what should someone do if they have some more questions? Just how can they get a hold of rekindling and just what are some different things that they can do? Like not using a magic eight ball? Yeah. Or yeah. just uh, hand reading and different <laughs> yeah. psychic um, hotline. Yeah, if you know, if you're listening and you have questions, you know, maybe we didn't explain something and you want some clarity or insight. Yeah. If, if you have objections, maybe it's something we were forgetting that you wanted to bring up. Sure. Uh, are you just really encouraged by this and, and want to learn more? Definitely contact us. That You can go to the website, which is rekindlingministries.org, okay. uh, or you can email us at info at rekindlingministries.com. Perfect. And, uh, and then we can, we can follow up with you on that. Sounds great. So, great. Well, then that is the finish of episode 1.02, The Sweet and Sour, and we will see you guys next time. Sounds great.